Welcome to the Betting with a Barber's Podcast. Kiki Barber! Intercepted, taken away by one day Barber. Barber will go all the way. Hosted by former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki Barber. Tiki with a career-high 213 yards rushing. Rondé Barber. That is an interception. That's Rondé Barber's 10th of the season. And featuring Ron Kruk. A production of GreenRollMedia.com. The world's premier sports betting podcast network. Rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Intercepted. Rondé Barber to the pylon. Touchdown, Tiki Barber. And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at Superbook.com. Superbook.com. NFL kickoff is almost here. Hey, let's dominate today. The Barber Twins are buckling up their chin straps and about to take center stage. Let's get the former player perspective on this weekend's NFL betting action with Tiki and Rondé. It's betting with the Barbers. Under center, here's your signal caller, Ron Crook. Seasons greetings, everyone, or if you're the Broncos, Texans, or Bears and are eliminated from the playoffs, well, season's beatings to you. Welcome to Betting with the Barbers, powered by Superbook Sports. I know, Ron Crook joined by the stars of the show, the New York Giants all-time leading rusher, Tiki Barber, and the Super Bowl 37 champ with the Tampa Bay Bucks, Rondé Barber. Guys, officially... Four weeks to go, and 29 teams are still mathematically alive for the postseason, including the defending champion Rams, who are sitting, I can't believe this, four and nine. It just confirms what a wild, unpredictable NFL season it's been. Tiki, get us started. Your take from last week or about the season in general? Yeah, man, there's been so many things that have been going on. Uh, Lamar Jackson, who I thought was ascending to being one of these great players has all of a sudden become inconsistent, unavailable because of now injury. Last year, it was because of sickness. And the Baltimore Ravens have turned into that team that you just don't trust anymore. And that, that's my big takeaway from them. I thought they were going to be a team. They're not. Rhonda, your thoughts before this big NFL weekend? They're one team you don't trust. I have like 30 teams I don't trust <laughs> that I actually like watching anymore. But I, I'm sitting here in week 15 contemplating which of my interception balls would I've gotten signed by the quarterback that threw it to me. Oh. And I can't really decide who. Maybe Brett Favre when I intercepted him with one hand or Peyton when I intercepted him oh, for a touchdown. Yeah. Probably one of those two. But, you know. My third one of my career, I'm probably not going to the quarterback and asking him to sign it for me. And he signed it. How great is that, though? Especially after losing by 28. I was a little shocked about that. And yet, uh, just quickly on Jackson, man, he bet on himself and he was looking real good at the beginning of the season. And now maybe, maybe you should have taken that massive contract. But Speaking of massive, as we roll into week number 15, no more bye weeks, guys. Uh, just a huge slate of NFL action, including a Thursday night game, a Saturday triple header, and a Monday night matchup. Underdogs continue to bark loudly this season. They went 7-4 and four last week, including some huge dogs covering the numbers, and the underdogs have a 55% against the spread edge. Cincinnati. 
still owns the best record against the spread at 10 and three. And those Tampa Bay Bucks, the worst at three, nine and one. I know, I know who would have thought several key divisional matchups in week 15 with major playoff implications. We'll begin with a massive one in the AFC East fellas. When the number one seed and 10 and three Buffalo bills host the second place, Miami dolphins who are two games behind the bills barely hanging on to that number six seed in the AFC. Not sure what the Dolphins did to the NFL schedule makers, but, I mean, they've had back-to-back travel to California, dropping games in both San Francisco and L.A., and now they get to visit balmy Buffalo in December. Brutal road stretch for them. Miami did beat Buffalo back in week three, 21-19, but, You look back at that game, guys, and statistically, the Bills dominated. But here we go. Bills have won four straight, are 6-6-1 against the spread. Dolphins have dropped two in a row and are 6-7. Opening odds, according to Superbook.com, Buffalo opened up as a minus 6.5 point favorite. Total 45. Current odds from Superbook, Buffalo a touchdown favorite. And the total, probably because of the weather, has gone down to 42. Buffalo minus 335 on the money line, and the comeback on Miami is plus 275. All right, guys, Dolphins are reeling, especially on offense. Have teams figured out how to stop Tua in the fin zone? They haven't figured it out, but this team just doesn't play the same on the road that they do at home. I mean, they've given up 31 and a half points on the road this season, which is the worst in the National Football League. But I think the more troubling concern is that if Tua is off schedule, meaning he hits his third, fifth, or seventh step on his drops and he doesn't have somewhere to go with the football, he ends up getting panicked and he ends up getting sacked. Nine sacks in the last three games after, you know, the stretch there where he didn't get sacked and is getting the ball out on time. You saw it last week against the Chargers. They were able to just put different defenses in front of him As soon as the ball was snapped, they drop into something else, and he got confused. I mean, he completed 10 out of 28 passes in that game, which is obviously abysmal. And if it wasn't for a couple of really huge plays from Tyreek Hill, that game was an enormous blowout. So they got to correct themselves on the road against the Buffalo Bills team that is starting to play a little bit better. Their defense still leaves a little to be desired, but Josh Allen is continuing to do it with his legs. He keeps throwing for touchdowns as well. And his touchdown interception ratio in the last seven games against the Dolphins has been, he's dominated them 18 to two. So it doesn't look good for Miami, who hasn't played well on the road. And defenses, uh, I don't say they're figuring them out, but they're figuring out how to confuse Tua, who was off to a historic MVP level start to this season. Well, Tiki, we have probably the same notes because I have a lot of the same things that uh, that you just talked about, including the decline in Tua over the last two weeks. And it's really not necessarily uh, all his fault. He's got a play caller, like many play callers in the NFL these days, that refuse to run the football, even when they know they need to, to take away that aforementioned disguised defenses where linebackers drop into, into zones. They beat up the receivers at the line of scrimmage. And all of a sudden, Tua has nothing to do with the football And so we're blaming Tua because he's not getting those free runners that he had earlier in the year. But let's be honest, Tua's arm is not a great arm. It's not like what you would call a big-time passing arm. He actually throws a lot of bad balls. 
but he has a lot of good players around that make him look better. So if you ask me if they're catching up, I think defense are figuring out that, yes, if you don't give them one static look and they're not going to run the ball to make your underneath defense try to stop the run, Tua has no chance. We've seen it last two weeks. The real question in this game, Tiki, is going up against uh, the Buffalo Bills team in a 28-degree weather stadium. Can they travel yes. <laughs> without heaters? <laughs> it would be tough. Last week, they, they took heaters to L.A. What was that? That heaters. was unbelievable. And I tell you, I tell you what, having been in a, a Florida team, uh, played for a Florida team for all my career, it's not necessarily about toughness. It's about being able to acclimate yourself to what you never get a chance to practice acclimating to. There's no indoor bubble that you can make 20 degrees so you can get ready uh, to play in this type of game. And you said it, Tiki. I can't disagree with you at all about the Buffalo Bills. They played better last week because Josh Allen was being mistake prone. The defense actually stepped up. It was an awful game. Obviously, if you watched it, how sloppy and, and, and miserable the game was. Their offense gave up three sacks, four more hits. So they weren't great, but they were better than the Jets. And I think, to be honest with you, I think they can play that type of game this week and still get away with the win against the Dolphins. All right, so let's break it down. Great insight, guys. Uh, I remember just a few weeks ago, we were talking about Tua maybe still in the running for that MVP award. Just checked out Superbook.com. He's fallen down to 100 to 1 odds to win that Super Bowl. As It seems like his game has regressed as the season has gone on. Current odds for this matchup between the Bills and Dolphins Buffalo minus seven and the total sitting at 42 points. All right, guys, let's make some picks. Tiki, you're up first. Who do you like in this one? This feels like a push. It really does. I mean, if it, you got to tease this one one way or another. It's seven. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills here. This is their element. Their character is that of their coach. He's tough. He's defensive minded. These guys are going to come out there. They're not going to have sleeves on. They're going to take the weather and they're going to say, look at us. We're tough. I'm not sure you're getting that from Miami. They're a little bit of a finesse offense, as Rondé was alluding to. And Mike McDaniel, who I really like as a play caller, is going to have to change his mindset. When you got literally four guys at the line of scrimmage that are turning around and running away from the line of scrimmage at the snap of the football to confuse a passing quarterback, you need to turn around and hand it off to the running back because he's going to go 45 yards without barely being touched. I don't know if he's going to adjust to that, so I just have to trust in what I've seen especially these last couple of weeks. And that is Buffalo playing tough. Give me them laying the touchdown. I'll put it to the, this way, guys. Miami in their last seven games, 0-7 under 40 degrees. That's a stat. Whether you believe it or not, it's true. And in this Miami team is going to come in probably with Teron Armstead hurt, the left tackle. Tyreek Hill, we know, played with a bum ankle last week. I don't know how effective he's going to be. And when you get in hostile environments, especially division games, usually the better team wins. And I truly believe that Buffalo is the better team. And the only way to would be to combat that is if Miami's defense plays great. I mean, we know they like to blitz a lot. I think they're top five in blitz percentage. But out of those blitzes, they're the lowest rated pressure team in the NFL. So you try to do that to Josh Allen, it's not going to work. I just don't see them complimenting themselves well enough. This, I mean, to me, this has a feel of maybe even a blowout by Buffalo. I don't think that Miami gets right this week. And with the playoffs coming up, they've got to find ways to get right. It'll, they better start looking towards next week. This is the end of a brutal stretch for them. Yeah, well said for sure. I mean, if they could look so awful in beautiful California weather, 
What are they going to look like in Buffalo? Temperatures supposed to be in the mid-20s, wind, snow. Uh, and as you said, Rondé, uh, you know they're packing up those heaters right now to get them to Buffalo. Uh, I, I think a bigger issue for the Dolphins is just that offense has struggled against some top defenses in San Fran and the Chargers, but it doesn't get any easier with the Bills. Dolphins have only scored 17 points in those past two games. The injuries are concerning. I just don't think Tua uh, looks 100% healthy. Hill's battling some injuries, too. I like Josh Allen to be the deciding factor in this one. I'm going again. It seems like a weekly tradition. Bills cover, although they have not been doing too much of that lately. Give me Buffalo in this one. I'm glad you said the 17 points. You know, they've only won one game when they scored less than 17 points, and that was against the Pittsburgh Steelers. When they're not scoring, this team can't win ugly, just who the Miami Dolphins are. Exactly right. Great stat there. All right, as we keep rolling, college bowl season is almost here. Superbook still offering fans some bonuses and promotions, including up to $1,000 when you sign up, make a deposit, and a wager. Plus, get in on the weekly football point spread parlay bonus. Check out Superbook.com for details and download the app today. Game number two is a not a divisional battle, but, man, huge playoff implications for both teams when the surging Detroit Lions, yes, those Lions who haven't won a playoff game since 1991, travel to New York to face the struggling New York Jets. Who would have thought, guys, that we'd be talking playoffs with the Lions and the Jets in December? But here we are, and really how times have changed for both of these teams at the end of November, the Jets sitting at 7-4 and four, looked like they could finally break that long playoff drought, which just happens to be the longest in the NFL. Now the Jets have lost two in a row and are currently on the outside looking in on the playoff hunt behind New England and L.A. due to tiebreakers. Then there's the Lions, who at one point were 1-6 and six and have come roaring back, winning five of their past six. Coming off that huge victory over division rival Minnesota, they are 6-7 and seven and currently sitting at number 9 behind number 8 Seattle and the number 7 New York Giants, two teams who are struggling big time right now. So this game, according to Superbook.com, opened up, fellas, as a pick and it's still a pick People aren't sure which way to go. I mean, I think it just goes back to history. Lions, Jets, too weird. Total opened up at 47 and a half and has gone all the way down to 44 and a half money line. Both teams are minus 110. I mean, that leads us to the question. Are either of these teams good enough to get into the postseason? Rondé, start us off. You know what? Uh, Carnegie and company knew something we didn't know last week. So if they're calling this a pick em with Detroit, I'm, I'm going to just leave it as a pick em because Detroit really is the hottest bad record team in football right now. They're playing the best football. Even though they're not playing great on defense, they're playing well enough to win. And this just in, Jared Goff is okay. You watch <laughs> him play, and he's got a room full of receivers that nobody talks about. DJ Shark, who was like a forgotten guy in Jacksonville, is coming off two great games for this uh, Lions offense. And back-to-back 330-yard games for Jared Goff, we know they can score points. Now, the problem with Detroit is they give up as many points as they score. So it's always a shootout. We opened up this show talking about teams that we trust. I don't trust Detroit either. 
even though they are the, on a five-game bender right now. They're playing great on yeah. offense, playing equally as bad on defense. The Jets, who the heck knows what's going on with this football team? They have talent. I'm not going to say they don't. Obviously on defense. Dude, I texted Tiki during the middle of that game the other day, and Quentin Williams is a different human being. Without him in the lineup, they're a different football team. And if he's hurt with that calf or whatever he has, this looks to be a rough day for this Jets team. I know that Zach Wilson is now the backup quarterback because <laughs> right. Joe Flacco was right. terrible in his couple of snaps the other day. But I don't know how Mike White's standing up right now. He got absolutely annihilated last week. And if, that, if there's any residual pain or whatever, mental scars from what he took last week, it's not going to be a good game for the Jets. So uh, this is a, it's a good matchup. I, I, I appreciate it being a pick because I wouldn't want to have to decide which one of these teams I'm choosing. Yeah, this is an interesting one because the Jets are a team with Mike White who are significantly better than with Zach Wilson at quarterback. The skill position on offense are fantastic. Bam Knight has turned into a really good player. Garrett Wilson's the leading offensive rookie of the year candidate right now. Denzel Mims, they've unlocked Elijah Moore. Like they have all the talent that you want. TJ Osama, Tyler Conkle, like the receivers and the tight ends are all really good. Uh, and against a Detroit defense that's 31st or so in the league in yards, you would think on paper the Jets have the advantage. And in fact, the Detroit Lions win games by losing the total yardage battle by like 100 yards. But Aaron Glenn is starting to get a little bit of notoriety around the league for being this opportunistic defensive coordinator. And you realize, I don't think I realized this until looking at this game, there's only been one game this season that they haven't had a turnover. That was week one against the Philadelphia Eagles. And then there are five of their last six that they've won. They've had 11 turnovers, 11 turnovers they've generated on defense. So that's how they're staying in games despite giving up all of these yards. And offensively, he ain't mentioned Jamison Williams. He's a stud coming out of Alabama. Didn't play all yep. season long. Comes in, first game, goes 41 yards for a touchdown. That's in addition to Amon Ron State Brown, to DeAndre Swift, Jamison Williams, two running backs. You got tons of touchdowns. Like, they can put it together. And the only way that the Jets can slow this offense down is if they get to Jared Goff, which is going to be much harder with Quentin Williams being 50-50 with that cabinet. Now, Sauce is a stud, but there are three receiving options for this Detroit Lions team that you're going to have to deal with and, and, and worry about. Crossing, doing deep overs, doing all this stuff where you run free. And Jared Goff somehow has turned into a guy that can now find those players, and that's what makes them dangerous. Detroit and the New York Jets. Who would have thought? As of this recording, it looks like Mike White will get the start, but as Rondé pointed out, man, he looked like Gumby a couple of times, how his body was bent. I mean, he was destroyed against the Bills. Joe Flacco is inactive, and Zach Wilson will be dressed as the number two if Mike White can go. Here we go. So this game has not changed. I think the betting public is still trying to figure out, do I go Lions, do I go Detroit? It's still a pick'em game. Uh, so let's kick it off. Uh, Rondé, who are you going with? Are you just flipping a coin? Yeah, yeah, you could just flip a coin. I'd feel better with, with, uh, with the pick if I let Chance be my decider. But this is a really good challenge for Jeff Ulbrich, the Jets defensive coordinator. It's a really good opportunity for his defense to step up against a really good offense. So I'm interested in that. But at the end of the day, that Lions defense is 31st. You said it, Tiki, in total defense. They're bottom 
three in every other category, it's porous. They're just generous. They give you opportunities. So the Jets could be in this. But when I was sitting here thinking about this, really just a second ago, I was like, in games that are pickums, you have to take the hot hand. And the hot hand is not the New York Jets right now. So I'd pick the Detroit Lions just because. <laughs> All right. Tiki. Yeah, I mean. I'm All not- of us are like, yeah, do I have to do this? <laughs> it's, it's this really is a hard one. I mean, tomorrow I would go the other way. But I'm going to go Jets just to be opposite. Look, I like really it. like Mike White. And I think he, he is playing at such a high level because he's playing for his career. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that lightly. The dude's been oh, cut five point. times. Five times in four years. Once by the, the Dallas Cowboys after he was drafted in the fifth round. And then four times to the practice squad by the New York Jets before he's finally given the opportunity. But they love him. I mean, they walk around with Mike F and White t-shirts. Like, this is <laughs> it's unbelievable how much mojo and, and moxie this kid has in that locker room. So I think a lot of it is because of his competency. He's tough as hell. Matt Milano, as Ronnie was talking about, from the Buffalo Bills, literally bent him over. It looked like he was ragdolling him yeah, out, of a, out, of a, out of a club. Like, he was the bouncer. Uh, and then threw him down on the ground. But guess what? He got back up, probably went in and took a toroidal shot in the rib and got went out there and played. The dude is a gamer. And I think that that's the edge at home that the Jets are going to need. Hard to root against a guy like that, that's for sure. Uh, can we just call this a playoff game? I mean, both Jets and Lion fan bases deserve something after all these years of misery. So this is a playoff game, and that's how – Lions head coach Dan Campbell has been approaching every game, I think, since like week four. I mean, fourth down, fake punt from his own 26-yard line last week against Minnesota. I mean, loved it. I mean, that's that's the kind of mentality. <laughs> exactly. And, and then you both said, I mean, golf is playing well. Uh, the There's so many suddenly weapons on this Lions team that we haven't maybe heard of but are introducing themselves to the NFL right now. I can't believe I'm going to say these words, but I'm going to take the Lions to keep on rolling and take, yep, here we go, flip that coin. All right, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. We are at Superbook Sports. No other wagering site is offering more original content than Superbook. Check out Superbook.com. Get in on all the college football bowl action is coming up this weekend. The World Cup keeps rolling on, and of course, the rest of the NFL season. Our final game we're looking at is between two teams really trending guys in opposite directions. The 7-6 and six Tennessee Titans have lost three in a row and were just beat down a Jacksonville at home, but somehow are still leading the AFC South by two games. They travel to L.A. to face the 7-6 and six Chargers who really have slowly moved themselves back into the playoff hunt. They are coming off that huge win over Miami last week. Tennessee is currently the number four seed in the AFC as the South division leader, but watch out. Jacksonville is still in the hunt there. The Chargers tied with the Jets right now in New England at seven and six, but the Pats at this point get the tiebreaker into the playoffs. Opening odds, according to superbook.com, The Chargers, a two and a half point favorite, and the point total was at 47. Current odds as of this recording, the Chargers are now a field goal favorite, minus three, and the point total has just uh, barely gone up to 47 and a half. 
the money line Chargers minus 150 and the comeback on Tennessee plus 130. I think this is the most simple question, fellas. Do you trust either of these seven and six teams? I mean, only if Derrick Henry goes off. I mean, dude's literally got to rush for 200 yards for this team to have a chance because their defense under Mike Vrabel, which is odd to say because he has been defensive-minded his entire tenure as a coach, has been horrendous. Those last two weeks against Jalen Hurts and Trevor Lawrence have been really, really bad. They can't stop anybody. But Derrick Henry's getting the job done. He rushed for 121 yards last, uh, last week. He had a big fumble. But the dude has returned to be fantastic. The problem is it's not a balanced team. Their leading wide receiver this year is Robert Woods. This is week going into week 15. He leads the team. Robert Woods at 400 yards. There is no offense unless it's Derrick Henry. It's maddening. <laughs> it's maddening. And it's, that's why I don't trust the Tennessee Titans. The defense is porous, and their offense is literally one-dimensional. And somehow they're still atop the, the division, which makes no damn sense. But the Chargers, with Justin Herbert getting some of his wide receiver weapons back, he's starting to, to look more like the Justin Herbert ever I expected him to be going into this third season. And they're getting stronger as the season has has gone on. And so I think I trust the Los Angeles Chargers a lot more than I trust the Tennessee Titans, who just seem to be stuck in one way of winning. And it's like from 1982. <laughs> so well, I can, let me answer the question in uh, no, I don't trust either one of these teams. <laughs> the identities of both of these teams couldn't be more starkly different. And ironically, each team is very weak at defending what the other team wants to do, right? Titans have the worst pass defense in football. Right. And the are just notoriously awful at stopping the run. Well, you just said it, Tiki. What does Tennessee want to do? Turn around and hand the football off to Derrick Henry. What do the Chargers want to do? Let's drop back the third most times in, in football and let Justin Herbert pick out a 1,000 receivers who to throw it to by the way the running back is the lead receiver so that could be extension of the running game if you want to go there but it is what it is that loss last week tennessee's loss to jacksonville i think was probably the worst loss i've seen a brable team make you say go in and stop derrick henry jacksonville didn't do that he ran all over him early in the, mm-hmm. in the game tennessee was controlling the football game and then interception and then fumble and then all of a sudden, Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars look like they should be playoff bound. And this team that is playoff bound on top of their division looks like they should be at the bottom of it. It's just, it's it's a weird, weird football team that literally cannot win any other way than if Derrick Henry goes off. I just, I don't understand it. They got one 300-yard passing game this year, and it was against the worst D in football, Green Bay Packers. Now the Chargers... I wish they were more complimented. Hey, this is more, one of my more disappointing teams other than my Tampa Bay Bucks this year because mm-hmm. they made all those additions in the offseason. You expected their defense to get a little bit better. They had key points. You knew they had great offense, and yet they're still just an average football team. Like a lot of other teams, they're one-dimensional on offense. They just want to pass, and they don't complement anything on defense with what they do on offense. So that's why they're always unbalanced game in and game out. So. If it's a trust factor, I don't trust either one of them. But this is a good game. It's seven and six versus seven and six. Both teams got to feel the pressure of the playoffs right now, especially Tennessee with their three losses in a row. So this is definitely one that's going to be uh, paid a lot of attention to. I think one thing we have established this show, guys, is uh, Rondé has trust issues right now. So <laughs> we might need to uh, 
address that after the show. And and maybe trading A.J. Brown was not such a great idea. That uh, seems to have cost us offense in a massive way. All right, so we got two seven and six teams in the Chargers and Titans fighting for a playoff. You mentioned it, Rondé. Jacksonville's still hanging around there. If the Titans keep losing and the Jags keep winning, uh, we could have a crazy exchange and comeback in that division with Jacksonville uh, hunting down the Titans. Current odds, according to Superbook.com, the Chargers a field goal favorite at minus three and the point total, 47 and a half. Okay, Tiki, you're up. Who do you like in this one? I think I like the Chargers. I think I like Austin Eckler as a X factor. Uh, has the ability to be a little bit more versatile for this offense. I, look, I don't think they want to run the football because, as Rondé mentioned, he is their leading wide receiver. It's a lot of these quick screens, get the ball out of my get out of my hands. We can't run interiorly very well. We don't have good schemes, tackle to tackle, in those zone, inside zones or stretch or pull schemes, et cetera. So they just throw the ball because it's easier to do that. But now that they're fully healthy with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, they don't need to run the ball effectively. They just need to stay out of second and third and long situations. And Austin Eckler gives them the ability to do that. So give me the Chargers. I think uh, Herbert might throw for 500 yards this game. <laughs> That's yeah. what I think could happen. No, you're right. Tennessee's down. It got some injuries. They, they're not playing well. Their best corner, Fulton, is out, I think, with a groin injury. And I think they've lost faith in their ability to win games the hard way, to batter and bruise people be physical, and if they're not able to do that, they're not going to win many football games the rest of the year. They just seem lost. You fire your general manager five weeks before the end of the season, it tells you that something is amiss and is not wrong. I would be taking those warning signs in the hardest way. Now, going back to my trust issues, believing in chargers is like trusting your wife not to abuse Amazon's free shipping over the holidays rule, but (laughs) I'm with Tiki. I am going to trust that three points is enough uh, and uh, I, I would definitely go with the Chargers here. I think this could be a, a big, big win for this Los Angeles team. Very good. So both the Barber brothers go with the Chargers. Uh, I can't disagree. I mean, the key in this one is who's going to implement their game plan and what they do best. You both hit it with all the stats. Uh, Derrick Henry, the NFL's second leading rusher. L.A., one of the worst rushing defenses. But on the flip side, Titans have one of the worst passing defenses going up against Justin Herbert, second leading passer in the NFL. Someone's going to have a big day. Which defense can step it up a little bit to get their team the W? I think the Chargers do behind exactly what you just said, Rondé. Justin Herbert throwing all day and all night. But what worries me is also what you brought up, the Chargers. This would be such a Charger-like game They win a huge game against Miami, get back in the playoff hunt, and then they'll lose a game at home against a team that has dropped three in a row. Maybe I have some trust issues too, but the Chargers seem to break a lot of people's hearts. I went back and forth, but I'm going to take the Chargers minus the points in this one. Well, it is the most wonderful time of the year, fellas, when you break out that terrible Christmas sweater. Can't wait for next week, by the way. Going to be good times. You pool together that money to buy your non-deserving boss a terrible gift, and you get a little crazy on eggnog at the (laughs) office holiday party. Of course, that scenario doesn't apply to the wonderful leaders at Superbook, led by VP of Marketing, Kristen Mackey, who is absolutely fantastic and probably deserves a big gift, right? Yes. Here, here. Thank you. There we go. 
Well, I'm talking about other places of employment where you see your coworkers five days a week. And then the last thing you want to do is hang out with them outside of the office. So in honor of keeping those awkward conversations at the company holiday party brief, our producer, Mike Rigg, has given us three bets and each of us will only have 30 seconds to make a pick. Mm. Ellis, are you ready? Yeah, I am. I even have a timer and uh, some sound effects with a buzzer, so be prepared. Here we go. 30 seconds. I'm going to start it after I read the question. We begin with the World Cup, and Rondé's team, he predicted, would win it all. Argentina currently has the shortest odds. Actually, they're tied now with France to win outright at minus 110. France looking to repeat. Argentina looking to take the World Cup, both at minus 10. Rondé, they were your team. You go first. You're on the clock. Who do you like? I'm taking Argentina. In 90 minutes plus stoppage time, not not extra time or penalty kicks. I'm taking Argentina. France is uh, down some players, even though they found a way to beat Morocco team that was beaten on the door uh, earlier. Argentina looked awesome. Messi is on a mission. He's never won a big European competition for his national team. He wins this one. Didn't even need the buzzer. Impressive. Well done. Of course, you got to stick with the pick and that you made at the beginning of the World Cup. I mean, just logical. All right, Tiki, you're up. Who are you taking? Look, I want to see Argentina. I love the story of Messi winning his ever-elusive World Cup. It's the only piece of hardware that he doesn't have. However, Kylian Mbappe and Peru, those guys can score. That kid's foot is just, it's a cannon. (laughs) And so I'm going to go France. Uh, They've been here before. They're experienced. They know what it takes to win this match. Give me France. Wow. Both of you under 30 seconds. I'm I'm hitting the buzzer just to do it. I mean, we. I'll add, I'll add one more to get to, to my 10 extra seconds. France might have the best goalkeeper in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Hugo Lloris is just, he's a standing on his head. Yes. It's unbelievable. I'll take Morocco in the, in the runner-up game or in the third, the third, uh, the third game. Nice work. You've been on them uh, early too, Tiki. So props it's to you. African it's not going to take. It's well, an African nation. It's the only African nation ever to make it to the semis. It was impressive. Africa. Yeah, there, there you go. I, I don't need 30 seconds. I'm just going with Argentina to win it for one reason. And that's because Rondé told me to. So <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to go with that as the non uh, soccer expert here on the panel. All right. Well done, fellas. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, our second 30 seconds question, we go and we go back to the NFL, actually, and the NFL MVP odds. All right. Suddenly, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts has overtaken Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes as the favorite to win the most valuable player award. He's at minus 170 now. Mahomes a close second at plus 160, and the Bengals, Joe Burrow, still in the running at 6-1. to All right, are you taking Hurts to win the NFL MVP? Go Tiki. I'm saying yes, I am. Joe Burrow can't beat Patrick Mahomes again, at least not before they vote for the MVP, so I got to leave him behind. He's not going to, he's not, can't advance. Jalen Hurts is playing on the best team in the National Football League, and he dominates, whether it's running the football himself, turn around, hand it off to Miles Sanders, 
or hitting A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith in improbable fashion like he did against my Giants last week. Give me Hurts for the MVP. He's earned it, and he deserves it. Jalen Hurts has games remaining against the Chicago Bears. He has the Dallas Cowboys. He has the Aints, and he has the New York Giants. Tell me which of those four teams is going to make Jalen Hurts not look better than Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is going to win the NFL MVP, period. He's going to win it. I think this is really just, it's a two-player race. It's, it's changed in the past, you know, two weeks or three weeks at Josh Allen fading out. He's at 70-1 to 1 now. Mahomes leads the NFL in passing yards, touchdown passes. I've done it without Tyreek Hill. That's what's so impressive to me. He's thrown some picks here recently. Hurts can beat you anywhere, but going down the stretch, it's going to be here in the next few weeks. Right now, I would take the odds with Mahomes. And uh, I'm, I'm going to think that the Chiefs quarterback finally gets one. So there we go. And look at that. I had five seconds left. All right. Finally, as we wrap up our uh, office holiday party, finally in the celebration of those unavoidable, random, awkward coworker conversations, like where somebody asks you, you know, how much you make or, you know, <laughs> Betty in accounting, and you think she's hot. Um <laughs> Rig has pulled out a random bowl game, guys. The Las Vegas Bowl going down on Saturday, December 17th between Florida and Oregon State. Guys, the Pac-12's Beavers, according to Superbook.com, 10-point favorites against the Gators. We're going to start with you, Tiki. Who do you got? Is Anthony Richardson playing? I don't even know. I'm going to assume that he's not. And he's an SEC guy, and he's got this cockiness about him. He thinks he's going to be a top 15 pick. He's not. And they're going to be a little bit understaffed. Uh, It's a good one. Oregon State did really good at the end of the year. I'm going to say (laughs) no clue. Oregon State. (laughs) The only thing I can look at is record in Florida who I watched a lot this year because my daughter's boyfriend's parents went to Florida so I watched a lot of Florida they six and six they deserve to be six and six Oregon's nine and three I know their quarterback's not as highly rated as Richardson but Gilbrands is a pretty pretty good and gamey kind of player it's an even matchup but I, I don't know is Florida got better athletes probably is Oregon State the better team probably so I'm going to take Florida just because TG took Oregon State. <laughs> Man, I need something else. We're just getting a little. There we go. The Las... Got to love the Las Vegas Bowl. I did... Guys, I've watched a lot of Pac-12 after dark. Beavers have had a great year, only losing to USC, Utah, and uh, Washington. Finished the season with a huge win over Oregon. Gators limping into the Vegas Bowl, lost two straight to Bandy in Florida State. But I think 10 points is way too much. I'm going to take the Gators, and uh, we will see what happens there. Don't we have anything that's like people cheering or something? <laughs> I, I mean, come on. I, I got nothing here, man. Oh, wait, I do have that something. <laughs> there you go. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Well, way to play along, guys. Way to go. Uh, and just like that, when you just get that eggnog buzz going, it all comes to an end. Another edition of Betting with the Barbers, powered by Superbook Sports, is in the book. As always, we appreciate your support. 
ask you to take a second to like, rate, and subscribe. Betting with the Barbers is available on Spotify, Apple Music, and of course at superbook.com. Good stuff this week, guys. Thursday night football, key NFC West battle between the 49ers and the Seahawks. Um, Seahawks barely hanging on to their playoff dreams. Final thoughts before we kick off a massive week in the NFL. Giants must win in Washington versus the Commanders. Otherwise, they are not going to the playoffs, but they shouldn't even think about the playoffs. They're not good enough. But the bigger story is the Las Vegas Raiders, that we've talked about a lot this year, have had double-digit leads four times, at least 13 points. They've lost four times with leading 13 points. That's never happened five times. They play the Patriots, who now all of a sudden are back in the playoffs after winning, and Mac Jones has gotten it back. They're not going to fire Josh McDaniel, but I got to tell you, this revenge game, you know, him going up against his former team is going to be really interesting this weekend. Oh, Tiki, I hope that your Giants and the Commanders tie again. Just to throw (laughs) complete chaos (laughs) into the NFL. My last, my my quick takeaway is that I really don't like any of the games we had to pick today. But if there was was one game I, I wish... Uh, that I could have talked about, it would be the uh, Tampa Bucks at home versus Cincinnati Bengals. They're not making the playoffs if they lose this game because Carolina or Atlanta might catch them. What is going on? That's <laughs> all you need to know. That's all. You yeah. Need to know. Who do you do? You like Tampa or you like Cincinnati? Oh, Cincinnati. Oh. Better yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm so glad you brought up the Giants, Tiki, because I think here's my take. I think that the Giants and the Commanders should pick up where they left off. Just continue that overtime game and and settle it. (laughs) And you know what? What are you doing, NFL schedule makers? Washington plays the Giants, get a bye, and then play the Giants again. How lazy is that? Not fair. Three weeks to prepare for the Giants. I'm sorry to bring that up. It is the holiday season. You got to stay in good spirits. I'm sorry. Fellas, great job. We'll talk to you next week. All right. For my partners, TK and Rondé Barber, I'm Ron Crook. Make sure that you're following us on social media at Tiki Barber, at Rondé Barber, at R. Crook, and of course, at Superbook Sports. Enjoy this massive weekend of NFL football, everyone. Been locked into the Betting with a Barber's podcast. 10, 5, touchdown Tiki Barber! Presented by Superbook Sports. Featuring former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki and Rondé Barber. And featuring Ron Kruk. Subscribe, rate, follow, and review today and never miss out on the Barber Twins weekly betting advice. Tiki Barber takes it all the way, 62 yards. Rondé Barber broke up the play. Rondé Barber breaks it up. Want the best sports betting podcasts on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.